Cause We're Nerds, the podcast that covers trends and releases in comics, movies, video games, board games, and much more. I'm your host, Caleb, and today we're talking Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Will Spidey's first animated movie live up to his legacy? How will it set itself apart? And can Sony pull it off? Find out on this week's episode of Cause We're Nerds. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode. This week, I am joined by Jacob. Thank you, Caleb. Thank you for having me on. How you doing, man? I'm uh, I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Man, I am tired. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> yeah, we're recording a little bit later, so uh, not not quite used to that, I guess. Yeah, I. We're gonna we're gonna see how it goes. If we have any hiccups, uh, we're gonna blame it on it being late. <laughs> cool. So we are here because Sony decided that it was a good idea, since you know they they had hit it big with Spider-Man: Homecoming, that they should do their own animated Spider-Man movie. And they had a fantastic idea, Caleb. So this is really interesting to me because we have been in comic book mania since mm, I would really say probably 2008. I mean, we had it a little bit in the early 2000s with some some good ones, and then in the mid-2000s there was a lot, but most of them were bad, and they started kind of fading until the Dark Knight and Iron Man kind of kicked things off again in, in 2008. So we've been in it for a little over 10 years now, 10 and a half years, and this is the first animated superhero movie that's been released in theaters yeah and like you i'm kind of surprised it didn't come sooner honestly i mean you had well kind of you had batman the killing joke that was released in theaters but but that that wasn't that wasn't made for theaters it was only a special limited release that's true that's true this this one is specifically made for theaters and i'm I mean, I can, I can see what you're saying. I guess when people think about going to superhero movies, though, since live action is what kind of uh, gave it new life, people just, I guess, didn't think about making them into uh, animated movies until recently. Yeah, it's still weird, though, because, I mean, superheroes have been around on TV since the 60s consistently. And so, like, animation is a great medium for them, especially because... With all their superpowers, you don't have to go through the special effects process that you do with live action films. So they are really, really well suited to animation. I mean, after all, comic books are just still pictures and animation is just drawing still pictures over and over again, you know. Uh, so I am surprised. I'm I'm also surprised that now is when they decided to do it. I mean, after... They ran Spider-Man into the ground, by most people's accounts, uh, and they had to make a deal with Marvel to actually make another good Spider-Man movie. That's when they decide, oh, hey, you know, we'll also do our own Spider-Man movie because the last two worked out so well. Yeah, I was actually thinking about this, and I thought it was a little weird because I thought, you know, why beat a dead horse, so to say, you know? Like, we had the other two franchises of Spider-Man, and then there's the new one with Tom Holland's Spider-Man. But then I started thinking about it. I think this is, uh, 
I think this was actually a smart play on Sony's part. At first, I didn't understand. But the more you think about it, the Spider-Man in the MCU is actually doing pretty good. So if another Spider-Man movie came that was even not even related to the MCU or Tom Holland Spider-Man or anything like that, people are probably going to want to go see it. Because, I mean, Tom Holland Spider-Man is doing really well and everybody likes him. So if you introduce something else kind of new, people are like, hey, maybe it's just as good. Might as well go see it, you know? Well, here's the thing about that. It's 2018 right now. Spider-Man Tom Holland version made his debut in Civil War in 2016. This movie has been in development since at least then, maybe even before, because typically animated movies like this take two or three years to complete, meaning Mm. that none of that would have been known at the time. Well, Caleb, obviously they're doing this to replace Tom Holland Spider-Man because he's dead. So... (laughs) Yeah, I, I I don't know. It's it's so weird. Like, just looking at it as an animated movie, I think it's a fantastic idea. It's just the timing of it is very odd. It's really strange. It's, it's like they weren't confident in their deal with Marvel and this was their backup plan or something. You know, I mean, they have never been good about using the Spider-Man universe outside of the Spider-Man movies. Of course, the first one was venom that we we've gotten um but there are so many other characters that could uh if not carry their own film like be a big part of it and they've kind of shied away from that side of it uh, a lot which is which is interesting and so i think that animation is a ground that is ripe for that i think that with animation um you you can have multiple movies right i mean dc is doing it right now where they've got their cinematic universe, and they've also got these other movies that they're coming out with that aren't part of that. And Marvel seems scared to do that because it could confuse people. But when you put it in animation, that completely clears up that issue. And so for Sony, I think that they're thinking, all right, well, we've got this live action one. If this doesn't work out, we'll fall back on the animated one. If that doesn't work, we'll make another animated one that's not connected because animation, I don't know, I think it's held to a different standard. I could see that. I uh, I actually even read something where Sony was talking about the uh, Spider-Man in this, the Peter Parker in this movie, the um, one that's in Miles' universe. I read that they thought about getting Tobey Maguire to voice him, but they thought that audience members would be kind of confused linking Tobey Maguire's voice to the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. So, but, but by saying that, what I mean is... I see I see your point. I think animation is easier to, if it doesn't work out, just to make another one that's not connected, whereas live action is, I feel like it's more of a hassle. So I could totally see Sony going on the, or having the plan that you said. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So just like always, we're going to do non-spoilers first and then jump into spoilers. Uh, I'd imagine non-spoilers is going to be a little short this time because I think there's a lot we want to talk about, but... We will find out. So, uh, Jacob, without giving anything away, can you tell us about the plot? <laughs> yes. It's a bit so, tough. Yes. Yeah. So, um, obviously, are we allowed to include stuff from trailers or no? I think that if it's in one of the two or three main trailers they released, it's okay. Okay. 
So obviously this movie is heavily focused on Miles Morales and uh the the movie um goes on his without giving anything away his origin story basically. Um he something happens with a big bad guy as it mostly does in superhero movies. <laughs> and this was in most of the trailers it opens up areas that characters from other universes can come in or from marvel but in other worlds can come in um i won't say who does that or what happens with that but basically all these characters end up working together to try to stop the threat okay that that's more than i could have said because i was thinking about it i was like i don't even know how you how you talk about this without spoiling something yeah, that's it's. I mean, it's pretty hard because you know it's not it's not a general story. You normally don't have things that happen in this movie happen in a movie, and it's hard to explain without saying it. Mm-hmm. So, right off the bat, how do you feel about this version of Miles as our main Spider-Man character? Okay, so I didn't know how I was gonna feel about him being the main one not because i don't like the character i love miles i love him as a character i just didn't know well okay i guess before i say that i have to go back whenever i saw the first trailer we we talked about this caleb the animation kind of threw me for a loop so i focused on that for a while and not really the plot that the trailers were giving but once I got accustomed to the animation and I actually started liking it, then I started thinking, well, you know, what are they going to do with Miles and, you know, how is it going to start out and how's his character progression going to be? I think in the movie, his character progression is really, really well done. It's not, it's a little bit like the typical superhero, you know, movie origin story, but it's not, It they bring a fresh feel to it. Mm. It doesn't feel like they'll, um, just redoing something over and over. Yes, it is an origin story, so you know you have that going for it. But I, I don't know. I guess it's just the way they did it and the how the other characters interacted with him throughout the movie that mm-hmm. I actually really like him as the lead. Yeah, this movie is an origin story, but it doesn't play like one. Like it doesn't follow the typical structure that you would think an origin story would. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I I think that that really helps lighten it up and, and it helps it not be so like boring and, and, and in your face. And I, I saw something um, in I was gonna say in spoilers. That's not right. Oh goodness, brain work. <laughs> um, I saw I saw someone point out that um, you never see the villain's origin in this movie, which uh, in most origin movies you do. There's a, there's a large focus on True. the origin of the villain. And I think that really helps keep this from being bogged down. Now, uh, in terms of miles, I think that this was a really smart move. I, I, you know, we know how people are about movies. And sometimes when you change a character, people get really upset. Um, even though Miles is pretty much universally universally loved at this point. 
Um, so I think bringing him in here in this way is smart because it introduces people to him. Uh, it gives them uh, a, an end to the character without them having to bring him in live action. And I think that the portrayal in this movie from the personality to the voice acting to, you know, the entire character uh, is really, really, really well done. Yeah, I think it was smart, not only for those reasons, but also for, you know, we've seen Peter Parker three different times now. And if you include different animations, countless times that we've seen him, you know, from shows to live action to whatever he's in. But Miles, we haven't got to see much. And so I think if you're going to have a live action adaption of a Spider-Man and a animation uh, movie going on at the same time, I think really good ways to do exactly what they did and focus on different Spider-Men. Mm -hmm. So I think that one of the main things going for this movie is its super unique animation style. I mean, this thing looks incredible. It's a very, very diverse uh, look, I guess. I mean, sometimes you go from kind of that standard look that we've seen in the trailers to more comic book stuff where panels will actually pop up on the screen or thought bubbles or little um, uh, the like the notes that uh, authors and people will leave uh, that aren't actually things that characters are saying pop up on the screen. Uh, it's it's really, really diverse in that way. In fact, it's so diverse that I read Sony is actually thinking about trying to patent or copyright the technology that they use to make it, which supposedly is unprecedented. I I agree. I love the animation. Again, like I said, at first I didn't really like it, but the more I started watching it, it f feels new. It feels fresh. It It's not like you're just watching another animated movie. And I was actually reading something right before we started recording, and this is a quote. It says, The animation team on the movie even went so far as to replicate color offsets, printing errors in comic books that can kind of make the panel look like it's slightly out of focus. Oh, yeah, and yeah, I, was, I noticed that. Yeah, because I was thinking about it. I was watching the movie, and I was like, it kind of gave you, like, uh, the effect that you were watching a 3D movie without the glasses at some points. Not all the time, just every now and then. And I was like, that's kind of weird, but I kind of like it at the same time. So, actually, that brings up a good point. We didn't talk about how we saw this. I saw this in an IMAX theater in 3D because that was the only showing they had. I was really surprised because I thought that they stopped doing 3D, uh, but apparently not. So I went to 7 o'clock. That's all they had. Uh, it was 3D, and I went with Courtney and um, uh, Chris from CNC Power Hour. I saw it. It wasn't IMAX, but it was the biggest screen the theater had other than IMAX. It was basically IMAX. Like it was, it just didn't have the sound quality. I think the screen was huge though, um, and it was not in 3D. So the 3D, um, I I actually thought was pretty good. Um, I definitely noticed it in the beginning. Uh, as we went through, I kind of stopped paying attention to that just because, because the the animation because of the way it's done, there is a lot to keep track of. Um, yeah, and it's it's kind of hard to try to pay attention to the depth as well as everything that's going on. There's no moments where like things fly out at you and you're like, whoa, but uh, I think that's kind of gimmicky anyway. Uh, but, but in terms of depth, there is some real depth here. And I think that it was actually 
pretty cool to see it in 3D. I was going to say, the more I think about it, I typically don't like movies in 3D. Uh, I never really have. But it could be because you this. wear glasses. <laughs> well, yes. That well, that used to be it. Whenever they had the original, you know, like like paper glasses with the red and blue lens, <laughs> that was the worst to wear on top of glasses. But since they've gone more to like a sunglass, I can kind of put them over my glasses and be fine with it. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I guess it's just something I didn't like them growing up. But there's a few movies that I actually enjoy in 3D, and I think this one would actually be a pretty interesting. One, especially in those different scenes where they do more of a comic book feel. Like, uh, one is in the very first trailer that came out when uh, Miles is running and he, like, jumps over the taxi and, like, kicks his foot out. You know, I, like, things like that would be pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, I said pretty twice. Would be cool <laughs> to see in 3D, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was, um, I don't, I probably will never see it like that again. Just because, I mean, 3D is going out. So, uh, but I, I'm glad that I did, I did get to see it. That remind way. me once we get into spoilers, Caleb. Remind me that you saw it in 3D again. I, I want to ask about a specific scene. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, the story of this movie is also really good. It's it's something that we have seen in the comics before. Obviously, it's it's inspired by the Spider Verse storyline from 2014. Uh, which was a, a massive story spanning tons and tons and tons of of universes. Um, this one chooses a select few to focus on, uh, and that's something that we have not seen in any other superhero movie. I'm I'm trying to to think, except maybe maybe the Fantastic Four. I'm not the newest one. I'm not sure if that planet. I think that was a different dimension. Um, that they go to where they get their powers. But other than mm-hmm. that, I mean, that that, do, that doesn't have, like, alternate versions of people. Uh, so this is something very new for a film. Yeah. It was... It, the, the story didn't go exactly the way I thought it was going to, but it was it was a really, really good story. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm probably going to go see it again. Um, I'll probably go see it in 3D this time, just because I'm curious now that you said that. But... There was, um, at the beginning, I, I get, I don't know what it was. I was kind of tired during the beginning of the movie, so I wasn't incredibly invested, but then about, I don't know, halfway through, or probably even less than that, I got really invested to it. So I started paying like attention to every detail because there's, um, there's a lot of Easter eggs in this movie too. Did you realize oh, that? Oh, there's so many. And, and because endless. of the style, it's hard to catch them. Yeah, so I want to go back and see. I, I spotted a lot that I'm going to get to in spoilers, but I the beginning, for some reason, I, I just wasn't focusing. So I think I missed a few because my friends were talking about some afterwards, and I was like, I don't I don't think that was in there. And they said, nope, it was at the beginning. And I was like, oh, well, okay. Well, next yeah. year, look who's going to go see it again now. <laughs> Yeah, the the story is actually like really complex. Um, but the the way they do it, it it feels simplified and it feels streamlined, even though there's a lot of stuff going on. I was telling some people after I saw it, I am mystified how they go from the Amazing Spider-Man and the Amazing Spider-Man Two, where they struggled with basic screenwriting techniques, to this movie, which is. Mm-hmm a masterclass 
in how to handle a script and a plot, especially one that is very complicated as compared to the pretty simple scripts of The Amazing Spider-Man and the, the slightly more complicated script of The Amazing Spider-Man 2. It doesn't, if you would have compared, if you would have given them to someone and didn't tell them what studio it was by, you would have never thought it was by the same studio at all. There's no way. Yeah, it just, it feels too polished. It feels too close-knit, which is interesting because apparently there were three directors on this movie, which I did not realize. That, hmm. So. That's different. Yeah, I, I don't, I've definitely heard of two directors, obviously, but three? I don't know. I don't know if that's common for an animated movie. Um, huh. And then, of course, you know, Phil Lord and Chris Miller were the producers of this movie. They were the ones who originally did Solo until they were kicked off and replaced with uh, John John Howard, something Howard, Ron Howard. They replaced with Ron Howard uh, for the final version of that movie. So before we get into spoilers, Caleb, I just wanted to say something and ask what you thought. I thought the way that the villain was portrayed was different and in a good way. What did you think? Yeah, I I mean, I, I think we need to save that for spoilers. Okay. But I agree. But apparently it's okay. from it's from a comic. Ah. Wow. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Story. Oh, the rest of the characters are all really good. All the voice acting is phenomenal. Top notch. Like, really, really, really well done. Um, the the action sequences are really, really good. Yeah, the action, the action is really good. The comedy is stupendous. There's a lot of comedy. And, actually, this film pokes a lot of fun at the past mistakes of the (laughs) spider-man franchise (laughs) which was amazing yeah it's uh it's really good with with that like it's and and there's there's things that they take that are um internet culture (laughs) uh yeah and and put them in film and it's it it works beautifully i think uh i think that's just about it for non-spoilers okay so, um, Jacob, what well, what would you rate this movie? I'd rate this movie if we're going off the uh, the old scale that you and Zach did. I'd say go see it in theaters. So, if I was to put that on a one to ten, I'd actually give this movie probably about an eight or nine. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Okay, so I think a lot of people are giving this movie a pass. Because, I don't know, it feels like they marketed it pretty heavily for a while and then it kind of died down. I don't know if I just haven't seen it lately or what. Uh, But a lot of people are are giving it a skip. Maybe it's also because it looks like a kid's movie, potentially. Um, But my theater was IMAX and it only had about 40 people in it. Uh, I had another friend that went in San Diego and he said his theater was maybe a fourth full this was on Thursday, so maybe that's part of it. Uh, school's still in session here. So, you know, I kind of expected to see a lot of kids. There was only maybe one or two kids in my screening. But everybody needs to go out and watch this movie right now. It, this is not 
just a great Spider-Man movie. This is a great movie in general. It is uh, funny. It's 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 lighthearted. It can, it's it's kind of dark when it wants to be. Uh, mm-hmm. and it can be intense and, and it, it, it can be fast paced, but it can also slow down for the moments that it needs to. Uh, th- this is really good. I, I was struggling to decide if this is the best Spider-Man movie ever made. And it might be. I, I think that I need a little bit more distance from the movie to be able to tell that. Maybe rewatch some of the previous films. But this one is definitely the one that embraces the comics the most. It embraces Spider-Man as a culture the most. It embraces the internet qualities that Spider-Man has come to develop. It embraces all of that, and it does it with flying colors. So my rating is go out, see it now. You don't have to see it in 3D, but see it in the biggest screen you can and with the best sound that you can, and you will not regret it. I agree. Stupendous movie. All right. So now it's time for spoilers. We are going into spoilers. Please shut off the podcast now if you do not want to hear spoilers. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like I have to like drag that out because Courtney one time was like, you said spoilers, then didn't give me enough time to pause it. <laughs> well, Zach, Zach, sometimes what he used to do, he would go, spoiler. So anyway, uh, and I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I've been in the car before listening, and I'm like, oh, da, 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 spoilers. Wait, no, stop it. Stop it. Please stop. <laughs> yeah, you got to, sometimes people are driving, and they can't reach their phone at that specific moment. Yeah, so. All right, so we're in spoilers. Jacob. Uh, you wanted me to remind you about 3D. Yes, Caleb. Thank you for that. So the scenes, we, we can skip around, right? Oh, yeah. Doesn't matter? Okay. So um, the scene um, whenever at the very end, whenever you have all the different universes coming into one and the um, the huge machine, you know, shooting those particle beams or whatever they were at each other, was that scene jawing in 3D? No. Um, this is one of those times that I, I wish I would have paid a little bit more attention to it. Uh, mm-hmm. I just remember feeling immersed. Okay. Uh, it, it, it was a little bit weird that the world looked the way it did just because like, that's something we've never seen before mm-hmm. and like reality kind of disappeared. Uh, but I, I was very much in the movie at that point. Okay, because I know with I know you said the 3D overall was pretty good, but I know during some movies, whenever there's a lot going on, they try to push as much 3D as possible, and sometimes they go overboard, and it's kind of you know jawing and can give you a headache. Um, no, so I, I just have wasn't any sure. issues like that. Okay, sweet, because that's that scene would be awesome in 3D. That was a that would be a really cool scene to see. Yeah, it, and it was it it was good. Um, so there are more villains in this movie than. I knew, I think they weren't in any trailers, because we knew Kingpin was in it, we knew Prowler was in it, uh, I think we saw that Scorpion was in it. I didn't know Tombstone is in this, which never mm-hmm. gets named, uh, or Doc Ock. Yeah, I had no idea, and this is what I was going to say is, 
I love how these characters are portrayed in this movie. It's, yes, it's the same characters, but they are totally different. Uh, some of them are different. I think, okay, well, for for example, uh, Dr. Octopus's arms are not metal, uh, and she's a female. They are more of a, um, slime, would you call it? Uh, I... Uh, it's it's weird. It's like it's a weird material. It's more like a like a gel. Th- think of like a flubber, but a little bit more solid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Scorpion was the main different one. He's like a cyborg. Yeah. If if I had to pick one, I wasn't a big fan of. It was him. Um. I mean, he's not really? in it very much, so it doesn't it doesn't really matter. Um. I I just don't know how I feel about his legs. Fair enough. My my least favorite was actually Fisk. So that's the one that I found out. It's actually based on a comic. There's a Daredevil graphic novel from, I think, the 80s. Uh, I was reading an article, and he looks exactly like that in the graphic novel. They pulled it directly from it. Oh, really? Yeah, like he's he's massive like that. He's got this tiny little head just like he does in the movie. <laughs> like, like the design is exactly the same thing. I mean, it, it wasn't bad, it's just he was my least favorite, and I, I guess it was because the other characters I could, like, believe, but he was so large, and, like, there was this one scene where he, um, it showed the SUV, you know, pulling up, and then it, it zoomed in on him, and he had just gotten out, and all I could think about was, there's no way that man could fit in that car. <laughs> there was no way. <laughs> yeah, my only issue with him is at the end, he literally picks up a car and throws it. Kingpin is not that strong. Kingpin doesn't have any superpowers. Uh, he is either just really fat or really muscular, depending on who you ask. There's different accounts. Well, see, I I thought about that. I don't think he really picked up the full force of the car because it was the when the universes were coming into each other, everything was kind of floating. They did have some impact, yeah, but everything was kind of floating. And so even when Spider-Man or something swung on something, it it moved and things were just floating through the air. So I don't think he was actually picking up the full weight of the car. Yeah, I mean, I thought about that. It just, it felt off. It it didn't, it didn't feel right. Um, That's fair. I want to take a step back, actually. Uh, Go back to the beginning, starting with Kingpin. Uh, There was a a theory by at least one of the people I follow that said there were two different Spider-Men in this movie, like traditional Spider-Men, which I kind of believed because there was a Spider-Man in the trailer that seemed to be young and the one that was going to train Miles and there was the older one that seemed washed up. That ended up being true. Uh, And it's it's weird because they seem to want to hide that fact. But thinking back to the first trailer, uh, Miles walks up to the grave of Peter Parker. So no, yeah, it's I, I, I don't know because it, that that part doesn't really make sense in the marketing. But uh, his Peter Parker like dies at the very beginning of this movie. It's pretty intense. It's pretty brutal, and there is no redemption. Like Kingpin straight up just crushes him. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought he was going to get out and maybe... I thought Heyman... I thought Miles, honestly, was going to save him at first. 
doing doing something, right? Cause a distraction, then him come up with something. But then he said that to Kingpin, and he just came down and hit his chest, and I was like, well, that was unexpected. Yeah. Yeah, it, and it, I think it's a lot for kids, actually. Uh, it, it's pretty brutal. It's not graphic, but you you feel that. And then he goes, Miles goes home, and he's he hears it on the TV, and he's, he's just crushed. Um, it, I, I think that the way he gets his powers and then kind of learns how to use them at the beginning before it gets to that point is a little fast. Like he just instantly knows, Oh, I'm Spider-Man. I'm, I'm another Spider-Man, you know, like I well, get it, but it felt like he needed just a little bit more time to get to that point. I could see that. I mean, he had the comics. I thought it was kind of weird seeing Spider-Man comics in a Spider-Man world, but I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, that's what would actually happen. Yeah, so, like, this is a weird combination of our world and the comics world. Uh, basically, it's the comic version, but Spider-Man has also turned himself into the marketing phenomenon that he is in our world. So they've got the comics, they've got the cartoons, they've, they've got the <laughs> Christmas album, which isn't real, uh, by the way. Uh, they've... Spider-Bells? Well... Yeah, that was one of the songs. Um, so great. But yeah, yeah, so it's this weird amalgam of of the things, but I, I, I kind of like it. Like it it allows them to be very meta with some of their stuff, and there's a lot of meta jokes in this movie, like when he's walking down and doing the Spider-Man 3 dance, you know? Oh, that was amazing. It was so funny. It was so... That popped up, and I said, I'm going to like this movie. <laughs> Yeah, it was so great. I was I was gonna say, um, okay, really really quick before we jump into the next thing. Um, in the comics, can Miles Morales turn invisible and have shock powers? Yes. So this movie is incredibly faithful to most of the stuff that it puts out there. Um, Miles, for the most part, is correct. Uh, the where he gets bitten is a little bit different. Where the spider comes from is different. I don't think it comes from Alchemex in the comics because I don't even think Alchemex was a, a place in the Ultimate Universe. Um, but he does get bit. He does have the ability to turn invisible. It's called like, like cloaking or camouflage or something. He does have, I think they call it a spider sting or a spider bite where he shocks people uh, because he got bitten by a, a different spider. Part of the same program, I think. Um, the one thing that is different is I don't think that he's supposed to be as smart as he is in this movie because this movie makes him out to be like Peter Parker level smart sometimes. And I, I don't think he's supposed to be. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was really funny whenever he turns in that true false quiz or test, you know, when he gets a zero on it and the teacher said, you know, the only way to get them all wrong is if you know all of them. And she turns a zero into a hundred. I was like, that's so true. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> there's no way. Yeah. So, um, it, it's, it's very faithful there. All of the Spider-Men that come in are incredibly faithful. In fact, so faithful that for many of them, they actually render their universes at the end, like the art looks in the comics. So like down to the fact that Spider-Gwen, most of her first issues have this, like, glowy kind of um, psychedelic look, I guess. I don't really know how to describe it. Um, but they, they copy that when they show her universe, 
which mm-hmm. is like a great detail. When they're showing all the comic book covers, they use the actual logos from the comic books. Uh, so that's really cool as well. Which, by the way, they actually had artists draw those. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, one that's of the cool. One of the early artists for Miles. Uh, maybe the first one? Maybe? I don't remember. First or second, uh, actually drew the one for Miles. That's really cool. What did what did you um well not what did you most of them were accurate you said you told me except for the mech Spider Man right yeah so she is from so so they did the Spider Verse comic which took place in Amazing Spider Man uh, for like six or seven issues and they had tons of spinoff stuff she was in one of those series uh, where each issue was like a complete standalone book. And each one focused on a different Spider-Man from a different universe. Uh, And she was one of them. And her mech is very heavily redesigned. Uh, It's it's very different. The one in the comics looks more akin to a, not a traditional Japanese robot, but it's it's very much more Japanese. This one is like an Americanized Japanese and it's a lot more cute. I don't think she's as young in the comics either. Her, Her whole character has kind of changed. Mm-hmm. Um, Spider Gwen is right on, uh, Spider Man, I mean, he's washed up, but otherwise he's pretty much the same. Uh, I haven't read Spider Man Noir, but from what I know, he's pretty close. I'm not sure if his costume is exactly the same because there's a few different versions. I'd have to look it up. Uh, Peter I Porker. Was, I, I was looking, I didn't see a Spider Man, uh, Newell with a hat. I saw one with a trench coat, but I think they added the hat for the movie. Yeah, so there's a the one in the video game Shattered Dimensions definitely has a trench coat. Yes. But yeah. I don't think he had that originally. And talking about him, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Like, what? I had no idea. And when he first comes in and he was talking, I said, I know that actor. Who is that? And he said something. I said, Cage. It's Cage. And I leaned over and told all my friends, and they said, no way. And I was like, listen. They were like, what? I was like, that's what I'm saying. It- <laughs> yeah, I knew, because when they announced that he was going to be in the movie, um, they, they announced him as the voice actor. He did so... It, it fits. It fits really, really well. Yeah, the casting all around in this movie is great. Um, I um, But what did you think about the, the group of Spider-Man that they chose to bring in? I think I think it's a good group. I think that if you're going to do a movie like this, you definitely want Spider-Gwen because she's just super popular. If Miles is your main character, he's already in. You definitely want original Spider-Man. So you really only have three more to pick from. So at that point, what you're trying to do is create a diverse cast. Mm-hmm. One of the first one that comes to mind is Spider-Man 2099, which isn't in the movie, <laughs> but he shows up to the end. Uh, so, you know, I, I think you look at the other versions. Ultimate is pretty much the same thing. Uh, this is kind of the Ultimate Universe anyway. So, Noir is another popular one. And then what are some other ones that are just kind of crazy? I think Peter Porker just brings a, a, a lightness to the movie at points that no other version would be able to do. Um, and then I think that the anime angle of, uh, I think her name's Peeny Parker. I'm not yeah. sure. 
Yeah. Um, she, none of, no other character could bring that style to the movie. So I think that they picked them to be diverse, and I think that was a good move. Yeah, I, I really liked it because you looked at each different Spider-Man and you saw something that was specific to them. You know, Spider-Ham or Peter Parker, you know, he had, he had a comedy aspect to him. You know, Spider-Man Newell was really good at stealth. Spider-Gwen was just the total killer of the movie coming in at the beginning. You know, washed up Spider-Man, you kind of saw what happens after a long time if you have lots of things happen. And then you had Miles Morales, which was a combination, you know? And then he comes in at the end and he just steals the show. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a little weird how quickly he caught on. But, I mean, it, it works for the movie. Uh, if there was one one complaint I had to make, I, I, I wasn't expecting there to be really any uh, Peter Parker stuff in this movie. Aside mm-hmm. from, like, the, the one Peter Parker we get um, because he died. And so when we go to Aunt May's house, I was very surprised and very happy. But I I don't know if I like her characterization. Um, the thing that pushed me over the edge is when he comes back and she's like, here are these web shooters. I made them myself. And I'm like, she's not supposed to be able to do that. She has never, ever been that smart. There's no reason she should be that smart. There's no reason she should know how to do that. I'm fine with her being cool. I'm fine with her being like, uh, I'm fine with her knowing who Peter was and knowing about his little cave thing, which I also think the cave is a bit much to be honest. Uh, but yeah, it, her, she, she seems too much like a sidekick for me. And I don't really like that. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting how they kind of changed his home life because, you know, they show up, and I was like, oh, this is going to be sad. And, you know, she's she's talking to the other Peter Parker, and I was like, this is going to be really sad. And then she's like, follow me, and they walk to a shed, and I was like, oh, it's going to have, like, all of his stuff, you know, that he left in there. And they open it, you know, and it's crazy, and I was like, well, this is kind of weird. Then they get in the elevator, and I just kept thinking Batcave. That's it just looks what kept... too much like the Batcave. That's the problem. Yeah, it kept... Even even down to the Easter egg with the spider car and the spider motorcycle in there. <laughs> the spider mobile, yeah. Yeah, and the light shining on it. You know, that's exactly like the Batcave. And there's different teals and there's the computer at the bottom. I was like, hmm. I was like. Yeah, the, that design is not for Spider-Man. In fact, I kept thinking when the, the platform would go up and down. I'm like, why is that even there? Spider-Man would just zip up and down. I mean, it's it's for a sidekick, Aunt May. <laughs> yeah, the the and the thing about it too is that he's had like high tech lab HQs. Like when he worked at uh, Horizon, he had his lab that was kind of like his, his version of a bat cave, but it doesn't look like a bat cave. And and I don't know why they didn't go with a design like that. This one feels impractical. It's like hanging in a black void which doesn't make any sense. It just, it doesn't feel real in a movie where everything else seems pretty real and grounded. Yeah, I could see that. But then it also, <clears throat> excuse me, there, there was there was a few things that took me out, right? And not much in the movie took me out of it, but Kingpin, being so large, kind of took me out of it. Um, the cave kind of took me out of it. 
And the rest is pretty be- okay, aside from like like Peter Poco, you know. But that's like <laughs> you know, I, I, I could see it's why, all grounded. You know, it's a different dimension. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. But yeah, the cave was kind of different. I did like how they t- okay, two things I really, really like. Um well, I guess one thing and then one cool thing. Um, I like how they had the Spider-Man PS4 suit down there. That oh, was cool. did they? I didn't even notice. Yeah, yeah you didn't notice? No, there were too so many suits. they had, it was the second one from the left. They had the Spider-Man PS4 suit. Oh. And they had the original Iron Spider suit. You know, they had like a Spider-Man suit with a cape that they clearly pointed out. Mm-hmm. They had the uh, original Miles Morales suit in there. Um the secret no what? it was a secret war suit that they yeah, had the, yeah it was not the miles suit yeah no not the miles miles um but what i really really liked that they did with the movie so you know spider-man's always talked about you know as like building his own suit right yeah and we see a little of that in the live action adaption that we have recently um but then he gets upgraded and someone else makes it i really really like how instead of just putting on one of the suits that they had Miles Morales took a suit and he used his talent, you know, that they were talking about before with graffiti and spray paint, and he created his own suit. I loved that aspect of the movie. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. I mean, it it's not a big deal to me. If, if See, I had... To, go ahead. I was just going to say, to me, it kind of linked everything together because, you know, at the very beginning, he paints that graffiti with his uncle in the um, subway, and it basically what... It said was, you know, I think it was expectations, then it had a blank post in the middle. No, you know, no expectations. Like yeah, yeah. And so I really liked it because to me, it was kind of more symbolic. You know, you see the beginning and you see, you're like, who is that standing there? And, he, you know, he has all these things that he's expected to do. And uh, his uncle tells him to, you know, make everything his own style, make it himself. And so I really liked how when he got the suit, I half expected him to um, get the black suit the the secret war suit and just spray paint it because hmm. uh in the trailers i don't think we saw him without the jacket on i don't think we saw the full suit in the trailers um maybe I'm not we did sure I, I don't think we did i think we only saw it with the jacket and the hood on top of his head um i i, I could be wrong but i I don't know. I don't know why I loved it so much. I thought it was really cool because it, to me, it felt like you know he was making his own suit. I mean, it was already made, but he was making his own. And I don't know why. I just thought it was really cool. I also love the design of it. I think the design is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much his costume from the comics, yeah. just spray painted. Yeah. No, I, just, I for some reason I just really liked it. Yeah. Um, what did you think of? Um. Wow. I had it, and now well, it's gone. I just want to say one more thing about the costumes. I I like the idea of being able to see all the costumes, but the more I'm thinking about it right now, I I don't like the way they did it because Peter is a slob. There is no way he would take the time to build all those cases with all of his suits and put all of them on there. They would all be thrown into a box. See, I was thinking about this. I don't think the Peter Parker that died was the Peter Parker that people normally think of. I think that's the other Peter Parker. Because I disagree, but okay. 
You say that you definitely just cut out. <laughs> I, I, I disagree, but okay. I because I mean you you know more than you know Spider Man more than me, so you'll probably vibe on this. I just I thought of it that way. Um, besides the hair color, you know, but oh no, the hair color is right. Anyways, that's not what I'm talking about. But so, well, it's it's kind of confusing because. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they 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 both have elements, you know. In the first one, Aunt May does die, right? Uh, in, in the in the um, uh, brown-haired Peter Parker, Aunt May dies, right? But him and MJ split up, and I don't think that happens in the comics, right? Uh, not for that reason. They they split up because of a deal with the devil. Okay. Whoa. Okay. Well, that took a ton. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like, um, literally. Wow. Um. But yeah, I mean, that's just what I thought watching it. I mean, that's not a nitpick thing for me. Uh, I thought the cave was a little bit jarring anyways. I think it would have been cooler if they opened the garage and they had like the car sitting in there and some suits hanging up or something, you know, something like that. Yeah. But I, I I agree with you. The cave was a little bit overkill, but yeah. not enough to completely take you out of the movie. So this movie has a couple twists in it. As someone that doesn't know the comics as well as I do, did the the prowler twist get you kind of right so when the prowler was first uh introduced right i was like it had oh no sorry let me let me go back whenever he was showing his uncle and him and he was going to spray paint i was like oh that's weird you know that his uncle just kind of jumped right over there you know he's probably been doing graffiti his entire life you know i was like he's just used to climbing over obstacles you know to get to walls so he can spray paint on them Later on, when they introduced the Prowler, or maybe it was before that. Anyways, I started thinking about it, and I was like, well, there's got to be a twist. They're definitely going to show who the Prowler is. I wonder who he is. I was like, I th- I thought he was definitely going to be from a different dimension, and it was going to be a Spider-Man from a different dimension that turned to evil. Mm. That's what I thought, right? I thought it was going to be like an evil Peter Parker or something. I yeah. thought it was going to be pretty cool. Um, And then they unmasked him, and I was like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Because they're, like, trying to call the uncle, and they make a point to, you know, they called two times. Because Miles called, and his dad called. And it said, you know, I'm out of town for a few days. So it made a lot of sense, and I liked it. Because it's not like the uncle just completely disappeared, and nobody knew where to find him, you know. Um, So I liked the aspect, and it was, it, I, I also liked it because he talked about how him and Miles' dad kind of split up. Because his dad, you know, went the cop path, and that just wasn't really the path for him. So, I liked it. Um, I think I think it could have been a better twist. I I don't know if I would have liked it if it would have been someone from a different dimension, like an evil Peter Parker or something. Mm-hmm. But I I do like how they had his uncle for it. So that's also very faithful to the comics. Um, he he his uncle is the Prowler. Uh, and he, he finds out and it causes all kinds of problems. I don't remember for sure if his uncle ends up dying the way he does in the movie. He probably does, knowing how the rest of this is so faithful. Um, I, so I, I knew it was going to be him, but I didn't know it was going to be set up to be a twist. Yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't even know the Prowler was a thing. I thought it was actually made up for this movie. I had never seen him before. Oh yeah, so that's the ultimate version of the Prowler. Uh, the original Prowler was a character that was focused on more, I think, back in the 70s. Okay. 
yeah, I I had never seen him because it was it was really funny because one of my you'll get a kick out of this. One of my friends is not like a comic book fan at all, right? And um, I had a bunch of friends and we went to go eat uh, at a pizza joint, you know, beforehand that's right next to the theater. And he was asking all these questions about Spider Man and stuff like that. And during the movie, when the Prowler Force came up, he leaned over to me and he said, "I know who that is." And I said, "Who?" He said, "That's Spawn." And I was like, well, <laughs> actually, <laughs> it's not. He said, dude, that's definitely Spawn. Look at the eyes and look at the back of the cape. Dude, that's Spawn. And I was like, Spawn is DC. He went, I knew that. I was, I knew that. Mm. I was like, I was a you good said, try. But... What did you say, Jacob? What? What did you say? I said, that was, I said, oh, man, that was a good try, though. No, before that. He's DC? Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. Wait, I'm gonna no, need. No. I'm gonna need your card now. I, I no, can't no. have you. Ba- I can't have you back. No, on no, this no, podcast. no, no. No, what's he tricks on you? I'm editing this one, so I'll just edit it out. It's I, fine. I, I can't have you back on this podcast. No. Okay. 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 Here's my thing. Here's my thing. In the words of a famous poet, Mister Deadpool, is the DC really that dark? I just thought Spawn is so dark. I thought it was DC. You know. I mean. You you couldn't be more wrong. Spawn was who do you know who do you know who made Spawn? Todd. Okay, what's his last name? McFarlane? Good job. So Todd McFarlane created Spawn. Thanks, man. Who worked for Marvel before he <laughs> created Spawn. Spawn is his own creation. Spawn is part of Image Comics. Or was. Okay. It might be split off into its own thing now. But Spawn is a Todd McFarlane thing. Okay, well, I just I don't know. The point is, the, the, it wasn't on me, okay? It was on my friend. He was like, that's Spawn, and I just thought it was really funny. Then I thought Spawn was DC. I mean, okay, he's not, but that's not what this is about, okay? We're focusing no, on the movie. I can't Anyways, about that. <laughs> uh, you, see, I get my call back, though, because I know who created him. Eh. Okay, okay. We'll agree to disagree. Um. So, this in, in this movie... Um, Mayo's roommate, that's Ned, right? Oh, Jacob, don't say that. I need your card again. What? I'm asking. I didn't know. Uh, Jacob, I need your card. I'm asking. I don't know much about Spider-Man. <sighs> so, because, no, so, was... so, no, 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 so here's the thing. Ned is wrong. Uh, in the comics, Miles has a friend called Gank, who is basically the character we see in Spider-Man Homecoming, that is Peter's friend. For some unknown reason, they changed his name in the Spider-Man Homecoming movie to Ned Leeds, who is a different character from the original comics, who is incredibly different from the Gank character. So, okay. to summarize... Homecoming has Gank in the movie, but they gave him the name Ned Leeds. So now everybody thinks that the Gank character is Ned Leeds. The character in this movie is probably Gank, but they never say his name, so we don't know for sure. Okay. See, you can't take my call for that. I mean, that's confusing. You were in Spider-Man. Okay. You know what? Anyways. So, I... I was just asking because I knew that whenever 
Gank slash Ned was in Homecoming that everybody was like, no, that's Miles Morales' friend. You know, it, it, he shouldn't be in there. And then he showed up in this movie and it shows that Miles showed his identity to him and it showed him on the computer a lot. So I just assumed that it was Gank. Well, he is the man in the chair. He is the man. Everybody's got to have a man in the chair. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm trying to think what else I want to say because we're running kind of long. Okay. Um, um, I, 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 I like this interpretation. I like this interpretation of Doc Ock. Um, yes. That was another twist. I did not see it coming. In fact, before <laughs> she said who she was, all I could think of was that person from the very first Harry Potter movie with the crystal ball, the professor. Yes. Yes. I thought the same exact thing, Caleb. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what what is she doing here? Wow. I literally thought the same I leaned over to my friend and I said, I'm pretty sure that lady is taken off of the Harry Potter character. <laughs> that might be what the actress looks like. I don't know. Oh, that's true. I didn't think about that. Um Okay, I, I, I have a few things really, really quick. And okay. then it'll finish out my list. Uh, I'll hit them kind of quick. Uh, number one, why was Mary Jane at Wilson Fisk's event if she knew who Peter Parker was? She should have known that he was his enemy. Um, did? Well, I guess she knew after he died. Uh, she, she might not have known. Even if she didn't know, though, think about it. Spider-Man is glorified in this world. They would have known. It would have been all over the news that Fisk and Spider-Man had been fighting in the past. No, 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 no. I, I don't think so, because Fisk is a free man for all this movie. I don't think it's public what he does. Wait. No, but whenever they first fight, he says, he says, not this time, Spider-Man. So it, there's no way that they haven't brawled before where Fisk hasn't been caught. There's no well, way. That's the way it is in the comics is they fight a lot, but it's not public knowledge that Fisk is a villain. He's like the hmm. head of a company. It's, okay. it's, like, it's like he is in the Spider-Man video game, but before he actually gets caught. Okay. Fair enough. Um, all right, let's see. Did you like the intro for each Spider-Man, how they did? Okay, you know, one last time. And they said the origins? Yes, that was really okay. good. I thought that was fantastic, and I really liked it, because I didn't know the origins of, like, two of them. So that was, like, a really fresh way to do it without drawing it out. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Oh, these are two just cool things. Um. The shoes that Miles wears are actual shoes. They just came out. They were Jordans from Nike. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, I really liked how the they incorporated the music. They used actually modern music, you know, when he was listening to music. Mm -hmm. And I really liked that. And also, I, I thought it went really well with the theme of the movie. I agree. Yeah, I really like that aspect. Uh, did you see that the headphones he was wearing was Sony? <laughs> Someone pointed it out to me. Yeah. <laughs> it opened up, and the very first thing I said was, those are Sony headphones. <laughs> uh, and the last thing, the after credit scene. Well, first of all, it was kind of sad to see the in memory of Stanley kind of thing. Oh, no, we got to talk about that. Yeah, I know. The Stanley cameo. Oh, 
Yes. Oh, dude. I think they went back and refilmed it. Jacob? I know. You, I realized you know, what I just said. You, you know but, this is animated, right? <laughs> okay, but what I what I meant was refilmed it, but I meant revoiced it, but you couldn't have revoiced it. Because, you know. Jacob, how I dare just, you? Well, no, no, no. Here, here's my thought why. When they did it, it seemed like the cameo itself, it, it seemed like he was saying goodbye to fans. He said... He said, I'm I'm really gonna miss him, you know, and it was like it, maybe it was just a coincidence, but I think, it just seemed I think it was I think it was just a coincidence. Hmm. But it I, Oh, it's just, that that came up and I I almost lost it at the end of that. My entire theater cried. The entire theater. like you could hear people crying in the theater. It like with it being so close to his death, because it's only been about a, a month, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so it, like, like, like you were saying, with the stuff that he says, it, it feels like he's saying goodbye. Um, mm-hmm. Even my friend in San Diego that went to see it, which is not a not a big comic fan at all, like, like he watches the movies, but that's about it. He said he almost lost it uh, during that scene. Like it's. It's very emotional, uh, but they, they kind of top it off with some humor at the end. I think it was really, really well done. I am really glad that they did the, the thing at the end. Um, I don't I don't think it said in memory of. But no, it, it, it just had a quote from him. Yeah, so, but they did Stan and Steve Ditko, who also died this year, who was the other creator of Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they included him, too. Yeah, so... Um, yeah. Yeah, that got to me. But the other the other after credit scene was hilarious. That was literally the best thing. It came up and I was like, "Oh, it's setting up for a sequel." You know, I was like, "This is pretty cool." And then it goes to like the 60s Spider-Man and I was like, "Oh no." And then they pointed to each other and I was like, "Yes! Yes!" So, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I am I like memes, but I don't follow memes. I didn't know this was a meme. Yes. Yeah, I I, I didn't know. Um, I I found out after the fact. Oh, sad yeah. day. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 a meme because it's like Spider Man. A lot of them have like Spider Man pointing at Spider Man, and you know, with with a funny message or something. There's there's millions of the same like uh, picture out there, but they've used different words and yeah. added like someone on the other side of it, but. Yeah, that that one's a pretty popular one, and I thought I thought it was so funny. Yeah, it, I mean, it was a sequel tease, definitely, uh, but it, it was also that which was really funny. There's also another meme that they snuck into the closing credits that's really easy to miss. It's Spider-Man behind the desk. Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah, but I'm gonna be honest. During the credits, I had to pee during like half of this movie, so. I ran out super fast because I knew there would be an after credit scene. I didn't want to miss it. So I went down the credits. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see 2099, though. I, I definitely think that they're setting that up for a sequel. Do you think he's going to go to Miles? And it's going to be 99 and Miles? I think they're going to bring back everyone from this movie and more. 
Oh, I told you, wouldn't it be awesome if they had it completely into the Spider-Verse, like the comics? They had like a giant crossover. I think that'd be amazing. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I read an, uh, an article that said it was it was one of the producers. Uh, it was either Phil, Phil Lord or Chris Miller. I don't remember which one. Uh, who's also one of them is a writer on this movie. Said that originally they wanted it to be like just Spider-Man everywhere. So like a new one would constantly pop up to the point where at the end it would just be tons of them. But it was too taxing. Like, for mm. a viewer. I see. Try to keep up with all that. Plus, it would have been expensive to animate, because they'd have to do all the models and everything. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Uh, other than that, was just the Easter eggs that we said. The, you know, the goth Spider-Man. The train callback to Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Uh-huh. The Jeep. Uh, the Spider-Cycle. Um, there is uh, a couple times that Brian Michael Bendis, his name is in here. Uh, he is the creator of Miles. Oh, I did not know that. Yep, he is on Miles' phone at one point, and then apparently he's also on the name of a ramen shop or something somewhere else. Hmm. Someone told me, okay, I don't know if this is true. This is part of the reason why I want to go back. Someone said that, wow, they're running through the city. I think when it's the Prowler and... Miles Miles running through the city, you see the gym that Daredevil was at. The gym? Yeah, the gym that his father fought at. Oh. I don't yeah. know. It, it's possible. There's a lot. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's true. I'm gonna go back and I'm I'm gonna make a list of Easter eggs. But um yeah, that's that that's all I have. Yeah, I feel like I should say more. But it's kind of like the movie was so good. I don't know what to say, except it was really good. <laughs> yeah, I... Okay, uh, fa- favorite scene in the entire movie, go. Favorite, like, shot. I have mine easily. What's yours? When he's on the skyscraper and he jumps off and does the backflip. I was going to say, the glass anything that was in that first trailer is really good. Although they, yeah. they actually changed some of it. I don't know yeah, if you they, noticed. Oh, yeah, he never met the other Spider-Man in the subway. Well, that, but also, like, there's a point in that first trailer where he um, lands in the cemetery and he, like, breathes and takes his mask off. He does that action, but he's on top of a building. Yeah. You're yeah. Right. Um, oof. I don't, I don't think I have a favorite. I don't know. I I really like I really like the origin stories. So maybe one of those. I was a fan of that. And last thing, a favorite thing that you want to see in a sequel. Or something you'd like to see. Two things. Two things I'd like to see. Three three okay. things I'd like to see. I'd like to see more Spider-Man, which I okay. think goes without saying. I think they'll do that. I would like to see Miles do universe hopping. Mm. instead of all of them coming to him. I see. And in all of that, I would like to see Spider-UK, who is part of the... I forget the name, but basically a, a the Time Lords, basically, but they're all Captain Britain. Uh, Spider-Man UK is a version of Captain Britain, uh, but they all, like, protect time. Um, he was one of the main characters in Spider-Verse. Um, 
it was really cool to see like that version of time police, I guess you could call them. Yeah. So it it would be cool to see that in a movie. That's cool. Fair enough. You? Um, you know, in this movie I thought we'd see it, but we didn't, so I'd like to see it in a future movie. I thought we'd see Madam Webb in this movie. Huh. Yeah. I I think that if they ever go the route of traditional Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. maybe they'll work her in. I mean, she's not a part of the Spider-Verse story. Well, I just, not really, but... Uh, for some reason, I just, I really thought... I always have a link to her whenever I think of multiple dimensions, and so I figured whenever everything was breaking through, maybe there was just a shot of her sitting in a chair, something quick, maybe not even a main role or something, you know, but at least a shot or something, but... That probably wasn't. That probably comes from your video game, the the Shattered Dimensions no, yeah, video game. No, yeah, it totally does. Yeah. yeah, no question. Um, I for some reason I just thought we would. And then the other thing I like to see them do, uh, bring in Scarlet Spider. Yeah, yeah, like that's all the one that I, stuff. That'd be good. Yeah, that's the one I really want to see. Cool. All right, guys, if you didn't figure it out by the last hour, you need to go see this movie. It's Caleb? really good. Super. Amazing. No. Super. Spectacular. No. Super. All right, we're not going to keep doing this. That was that, and this is this. It's time for what no! you've been up to. Oh, super cereal. Oh, super cereal. Oh, do you have a super cereal? Because I don't. Oh, I thought you did. No, I don't have one. I. What super cereal? Wow, what super cereal? <laughs> what cereal? <laughs> What cereal would Wilson Fisk eat? Hmm. I know exactly what cereal he'd eat. Okay. What do you got? Cheerios. That man has got to have high cholesterol. There's no way. That's funny. (laughs) Um, No, Wilson is a really lavish man. And cereal just isn't lavish. So uh, I'm like, I'm trying to think, like, what's the the most indulgent cereal you could eat? Hmm. I don't, I don't know. He'd probably import something. Oh, yeah. It'd be probably something that's like from, from Japan or something. He, I don't he, know. He, oh, he, well, he does love Japan. See? He, he does love Japan and Japanese history. Um, it probably wouldn't be cereal at all. He'd probably like fly in a cream parfait from France or something. Mm, I like it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to stick with my Cheerios, but I mean, that's pretty good. The Cheerios is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. I, I interrupted you. I, I thought we, w- we would include that. Well, I usually do that in the middle, but I we, I think I've already done Spider-Man. So I... Fair enough. Yeah. But Jacob, that was that. And this is this. Now it's time. I think my voice just cracked. It did. Now it's Welcome, time for what you've been puberty. up to. <laughs> Um, so what have I been up to? I beat Detroit Become Human. Oh, that was fast. Yeah. And let me tell you, my ending that I got was stupendous. And I've already started replaying through the game. Cool, cool. I'm not starting from the very, very beginning because the first like four or five chapters, you don't get to make many choices. So it really doesn't affect you. Um, so I've started on like the fifth or sixth chapter. Um, you can pick I'm where you doing, start from. What? You can pick where you start from. Yeah, you can start off at different chapters, and it uh, erases the rest of the story that you had originally done. Oh, completely? Like you can't go back to it? 
I don't think so. Well, maybe. I don't know. I think it erases the choices. I think if you go back to another... So, for example, if you started on Chapter 5 and you started off making different choices, you could go back and play 1, 2, 3, and 4 and nothing be affected, you know. But from 5 on, everything from that new game that you started will be affected unless I think there's an option where you can shut that off. But I want to play through the entire game and make the exact opposite choices that I made. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm not and then I'll probably do it actually again and make kind of the you know how there's one that's like kind of mutual, there's typically a mutual choice. Mm-hmm. Um I'll probably do that. But other than that, oh I've been watching a lot of Naruto lately. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm on the um if anybody doesn't want to hear this, I'm on Shippuden. I'm below episode two hundred, but it's not really a spo- spoiler. It just finished uh, showing Kakashi as a kid. Okay, with yeah, his yeah. team. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really cool. Yep, um, I'm excited. I'm excited to finish that. And the last thing is, in honor of Into the Spider Verse, I actually uh, played some more Spider Man PS4. The DLC. Uh, I actually beat the DLC. I've beaten the first and second one. I haven't beaten all the side missions from the second DLC yet. I'm trying to do that. Um. But the third DLC comes out in a couple weeks, so I'm trying to. Uh, that's the ones I sent you. The suits mm-hmm. it has the the spider cyborg suit. It has the um, spider uh, voice suit for the original Spider Man, and it has the spider armor from a different creator than the one that's already in the game. But uh, yeah, that's what I've been up to, Caleb. What you been up to? Absolutely nothing. Nice. I recorded... What day did I record? Monday? Tuesday? It's now Friday, so it's only been like three or four days. Uh, mm. I, I really haven't done anything. I've been, I've been working on Christmas gifts. Um, I am making a gift, and it's taking mm. quite a lot of time. It's coming down to the wire, so I've been... I've been working on that. I, uh, you may have not been up to anything, but you know what you're going to be up to next week when I come to visit? Other than working on that stuff? Aquaman? Playing some Smash. Yeah, boy. I'm excited. How you liking it? You talked a little bit about it last time, but. I did. I don't think I've got to play any more since, but, um, it's, it's really good. It's and and the GameCube. I don't know if I mentioned we have GameCube controllers for it. Yeah, uh, you said you bought like the really nice. They're like Pro controllers. Yeah, they are like Pro controllers, and they're wireless. Uh, which most That's of cool. the ones that you can buy are not wireless. Um, they're would great. you uh, would you get them from? Courtney ordered them. I think off Amazon. They're um I think they're the Power A brand, is, is what they're called. Mm. But they're officially licensed by Nintendo. So That's cool. Yeah, I'm a. Uh, I'm excited to play some. I, I've played the the one that came out on the Wii U. Not I as think. good. Yeah, but um, I'm excited for this uh, for this new one. Yeah, just get ready to lose. I never lose. You're a liar. I'm not a truther. Really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take us home, Jacob. Take us home. So.
Everybody should go ahead and listen to uh, Taylor Paul. You know, go to his website. He makes actually some fantastic music, and you guys need to check him out on uh, Taylor paul.com that's actually t-a-y-l-o-r-p-o-o-l-e music.com <laughs> that's what that is uh don't go to taylorpool.com i don't know what that is um and you can also listen to cnc power hour or watch them because they're on twitch they stream magic the gathering on weekends and some other video games throughout the week and i think caleb you said that they're playing final fantasy <laughs> Uh, two things. It's TaylorPullMusic.com, just to set that record straight. And they're playing Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. Okay, the power was misgiven to me. Lastly, go ahead and visit the website CuzWeNords.com. That's C-U-Z-W-E-R-E-N-E-R-D-S.com. And while you're at it, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and go in and tell your friends about us. I mean, why not? We're spectacular, amazing, just super. Thanks for listening to Cuswell Nords. Stay up to date with all the naughty news and podcast drops by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also leave us comments and feedback at cuswellnords at gmail.com. That's C-U-Z-W-E-R-E-N-E-R-D-S at gmail.com. And as always, if you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Next week, Aquaman swims in the theaters for his first solo movie. Can DC follow the success of Wonder Woman with a faithful film, or will it join the ranks of Justice League as one of the worst superhero films of the last decade? Find out next week on Cosmo Nords. And as always, stay naughty. What are you looking at? Uh, just just doing some typing. For what? Words. <laughs> Trying to look up the Spider-Man no. theme song? I was going to say I know it from my heart. Go ahead. I can whistle, I can whistle it. Okay, sing it. I, I can't sing it, but I can whistle it. You've got the touch, dun, 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 you've got the power.